I would like to uh, turn your attention to the book of 1 Kings and the 19th chapter. I want to say how happy I am to have my uncle and my aunt here today. God bless them. My uncle Don and Aunt Cheryl Stafford, God bless them. If you could give them a great big hand. I'm so glad they're here this morning. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and they let me know they were going to be coming through, and I'm so delighted that they did. This is my mother's brother, and uh, I'm so thankful that they are here today with us on this Mother's Day, uh, and we're, we're grateful for that. We welcome all of those who are here with their family, those who uh, came with their mothers, those who uh, have come with their uh, children and uh, who are a mother. God bless you. We welcome you. You only come to First Apostolic Church one time as a guest. After that, we just claim you and make you, make you part of us, and we're, we're delighted that you're here this morning. I'm reading from 1 Kings chapter 19, and I don't necessarily have this morning a, a uh, Mother's Day message necessarily that is just pinpointed on a mother in the Bible. We will be referencing a mother in the Scriptures, uh, but she's not the most popular mother in the Scriptures. And... Uh, and yet the principles that we're going to be uh, describing and dealing with are principles that are, are sure and steadfast and principles that will bless uh, your life, I believe, in the name of the Lord. And so I uh, invite your attention to 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 8. He arose and did eat and drink, speaking of Elijah, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights, unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And this is, of course, old English for what in the world are you doing in this cave, Elijah? And Elijah said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, breaking pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And I want to focus on that, the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria, Jehu the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat, of Abel Melohah shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal. And every mouth which hath not kissed him. And I want to just preach for a few moments on this Mother's Day morning on this subject, conquering the cave, conquering the cave. If anybody is here today and you know what it's like to run from something in your life or be challenged or confronted by something, you know what it's like to retreat into things uh, like caves. And I believe God wants to deliver you from it this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Can you receive that this morning? Could we lift up our voices unto the Lord in prayer one more time? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mighty power. 
Lord, for every individual that has come into this place, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would minister healing virtue, minister salvation unto the lost. I pray, oh God, that you would bring us, hallelujah, bring us into your presence to hear your word and to receive from your spirit. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We ask for your anointing upon the remainder of this service, upon the preacher of the gospel. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. This man, Elijah, is an interesting uh, character in the Bible. He is, of course, one of the most noted characters in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, when Jesus uh, was transfigured on the mount, what we know now as the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, the Bible says that he was there with two very unique individuals, one being uh, Moses, who was the, the great prophet of God who delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, and the other, of course, was a man by the name of Elijah. Uh, many have... Many have speculated that perhaps Moses and Elijah stood on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus because Moses represented the law and because Elijah represented the prophets. And we don't know exactly why they stood there, but we do know that they were of great significance in the scriptures. Moses and Elijah in their respective ways were significant in the Old Testament, in the formation of people's understanding concerning uh, God and his dealings with the people of Israel. Elijah's ministry, though, is one that just really jumps out to me personally uh, and, and perhaps different than, than others. I like the way the Bible opens up the story of Elijah in that it just says he was of the inhabitants of Gilead. It doesn't necessarily list a long lineage or some kind of a, of a uh, pedigree necessarily that, that really sets the stage for you to receive Elijah. It just simply says that Elijah was a Tishbite, one of the inhabitants of Gilead, and, and proceeds to describe a, a ministry that is unparalleled in the scriptures. Elijah's ministry was, was, uh, was a ministry that, that is hard to describe. I actually would not be able to fit all of it in, in, in its breadth and depth into one sermon. Uh, but you see from the outset that the Lord began to use this man. And the reason God wanted to use this man was because Israel had backslidden from God. They had turned their hearts against the Lord. Not only had they turned their hearts against the Lord, but they had turned their hearts unto Baal and unto false idols. And so, so Elijah was called of God to preach to Israel, to let Israel know that the Lord was calling their hearts back unto him. And, and in fact, the people had become so grotesquely overwhelmed with idolatry that that Elijah in our text actually believed he was the only inhabitant of Israel who no longer or, or who did only worship the Lord the Lord had to actually tell him no Elijah you're not the only one I have 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal but, but it was just the way the world was in Elijah's day. It was the way that Israel had become. That Elijah literally believed, hey, I, I think I'm the only guy worshiping God. And that's a little unnerving. That's a little disturbing. And, but that's where Israel was. So when God called Elijah to preach the gospel to Israel, he did so and gave him a mandate. I want you to preach without fear or favor. I want you to do miracles. I will greatly anoint you. And the miracles that Elijah would do were profound miracles. The first miracle that we read about is him simply shutting up the heavens. He, he prophesied the heavens closed. 
and the heavens shut down. There was no dew. There was no rain. The heavens shut down because God was going to get Israel's attention. As long as everything went as planned and as they would want it to go, Israel felt perfectly justified to just keep on doing what they were doing. And, and, and God said, that's about to change because I'm going to create a disruption in your ecosystem that's going to cause you to rely upon me. So Elijah prophesied the heavens closed. And they did close. They shut up for the space of three and a half years. In the meantime, the Lord sent Elijah to the brook uh, Cherith. And when he sat down next to the brook Cherith, the Lord said, drink of this brook. And the Bible says that the Lord commanded the ravens to come and feed him. And the ravens came and fed Elijah. And Elijah drank of the brook of Cherith. And the Lord provided for him there. He provided for him at the brook Cherith until the brook dried up. And once the brook dried up, ladies and gentlemen, you'd think all hope was gone. There was no dew. There was no rain. There's just this brook. And this is where Elijah is being sustained for the meantime. Then the brook dries up. And instead of Elijah being destitute, God said, get up and go to Zarephath. Because I have commanded a woman there, a widow woman, who will provide for you. So Elijah gets up, goes to Zarephath, and says to this widow woman, Hey, I think the Lord wants you to provide for me. She didn't know that God had commanded her to provide for him. Elijah's getting ready to let her know that the Lord commanded her to provide for him. She said, All I've got is a little bit of food for me and my sons. We're going to eat that food, and then we're going to die. Elijah said, no, you're not going to die because the prophet of God is in your house. And the barrel of meal will not waste, and the cruise of oil shall not fail until God sends rain upon the earth. And do you know that last meal they had lasted them? Ladies and gentlemen, it lasted them throughout the entire famine. Until God sent rain upon the earth. It was a miracle provision. You talk about Jehovah Jireh. You talk about the Lord is my provider. You talk about God's going to step in just in time. Hey, he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. Hallelujah. Come on. Is there a mother in the house of God this morning that knows what I'm talking about? That when you thought all was lost and all was hopeless, but God stepped into the picture. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, you do have a reason to praise him. Yes, you do have a reason to give him glory. Yes, you do have a reason to honor his name. We could just stop and turn this into a testimony service. And one person after another could stand to their feet and say, God brought me out. He picked me up. He lifted me from my despairing circumstances. Oh, hallelujah. And so, and so Elijah is, is in this woman's house. And and. While he's there, he's eating of this meal. He's eating of this oil. The whole family is blessed. She's blessed. The kids are blessed. Elijah's blessed. And the blessing of the Lord rests upon that house. While he's there, the son of this woman falls sick and dies. While Elijah's in the house. She said, wait, what? You're a prophet, right? Can't you do something about his sickness? And Elijah, there in that position of needing to call upon God for a miracle. The Bible says that he stretched himself out over the child. And before it was over with, that young man who died, confirmed dead, fell sick and died. The Lord, through the anointing of God upon the prophet Elijah, raised that young man back to life. It was a profound miracle in the ministry of the prophet Elijah. That wasn't the only thing. He, he, he goes from there and now he's going to confront the prophets of Baal. And while he confronts the prophets of Baal, he's really, 
he's really becoming a target of the government because, because this, this uh, Baalolatry that had been going on in Israel was tied into, and this is the mother I was telling you about that you won't necessarily think of as the most popular mother in the Bible, was tied into the queen Jezebel. I was not planning on preaching about Jezebel on Mother's Day. But Queen Jezebel was a worshiper of false gods. And her idolatry had interwoven its way into the consciousness of Israel. And now Israel had become, had become overrun with the worship of Baal. And here comes Elijah, a Tishbite. One of the inhabitants of Gilead standing up to 400 false prophets of Baal and said, now we're going to find out once and for all who the living God of Israel is. He looked at Israel and said, Israel, listen, you've got these two options in front of you. You've got the gods of Jezebel, all of these, all of these heathen gods, the pagan gods, the idols, Baal Peor and Baal Zebub, and all of these lords of Baal and all of these demon gods. You've got all of these, this pantheon of gods that you could worship, or you can worship the one true and living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why halt ye between two opinions? You got to worship God or worship the gods of this world. There is no in between. You're either all in or you're not in at all. You're either, listen ladies and gentlemen, you better choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Elijah said, listen, you've got the gods of this world or you've got the God of Israel. And we're going to find out who's God. He said, let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And so Elijah, Elijah prepares an altar. And he prepares an altar that has upon it the... 12 stones that represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he said, go get 12 barrels of water. And they come with 12 barrels of water. And they pour 12 barrels of water on the stones. And this altar has actually been made to where it would be impossible for fire to fall and consume anything on it. Because the water would quench the fire. But when we're talking about heavenly fire... We're not talking about a fire that anything on this planet can quench. When we're talking about heavenly fire, there are no political circumstances that can quench this fire. When we're talking about heavenly fire, there are no family crises that can quench this fire. When we're talking about heavenly fire, there is no disease that can quench this fire. When we're talking about heavenly fire, we're talking about a different kind of power. And this fire fell from heaven and licked up the water. I love that term. It licked up the water. Because later we read that there were cloven tongues like as a fire. 1 Kings 18 is the first place we read about tongues of fire. If the fire licked up the water, the fire had tongues. come on somebody it was a miracle fire fell from heaven God showed up God said I am the God of Israel I am the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob do you know why God is a jealous God He's not a jealous God because he's some egomaniac. He's a jealous God because he knows Baal was lying to Israel. He knows that Israel was putting their faith in a God that cannot heal, in a God that cannot save, in a God that cannot deliver, in a God that will lie. And he wants Israel and he wants you and he wants me to turn to the living God, the true God. And so... This ministry of Elijah was a ministry, ladies and gentlemen, that just really, in its own respect, I just set the, it set the precedent. It set the standard 
by which all prophetic ministries would be measured. So imagine my shock when I see this prophet of God hunkered down in a cave, scared. He can call fire down from heaven. He can raise the dead. He can shut the heavens up so that the heavens can't give forth rain and the heavens can't give forth dew. And then he will later pray until the heavens do open up. And do bring rain. And he will pray so fervently and pray so effectually that James will look for an example of the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. And he looks all through the Bible. He could have picked Moses. He could have picked David. He could have picked Daniel. He could have picked Elisha. But he's looking, what's the perfect example of a righteous man whose prayers availed much? And he says, aha, Elijah. He knew how to pray. He knew how to pray until the heavens opened. He knew how to pray until the rain would fall. This man not only knew how to bring fire from heaven, he knew how to bring rain from heaven. Hallelujah. A man of God, a prophet of God, and yet we find him stuck in a cave, a dark Deeply dark environment, a place of loneliness, a place of abandonment, a place of isolation. Nobody needs to be in a place of isolation. Nobody needs to be in a place of loneliness and abandonment and rejection. Nobody should be living in a place like that. Most of all, and, and, and especially... A man that we just read about like Elijah who has so much power and favor with God. But here he is in a cave. Now, I got to tell you something. Even if I did feel rejected, even if I did feel overwhelmed, isolated, lonely, you don't even have to go look in a cave for me. I'm not there. I might be somewhere else, but I won't be in a cave. I remember being in a, I remember being a kid in, in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Anybody ever been to Carlsbad Caverns? I was there with a great preacher uh, of the gospel, Brother J.T. Pugh, and he was taking our family up to the Carlsbad Caverns. I was about four years old, and I remember walking up to the, to the, to the cave, to the mouth of the cave, and I remember Brother J.T. Pugh saying, now, Joel, you get ready because... Pretty soon, there's going to come bats flying out of this cave. That's why I still cut my hair so short on the sides. And I said, Lord, don't ever let a bat get in my hair. And I think he took me too seriously. He's starting to take little bits and pieces of it. Don't worry, Joel. I got you. I got you. Thank you, Lord. And I, I remember those bats coming out of that cave. And, uh, and folks, I'm going to tell you, you don't got to look in a cave for me. You know what? Y'all don't even know it, but right now there's a spider on the pulpit walking around here. And, and I'm watching him. I'm, I'm preaching to you and watching him at the same time. You better believe that. Glory! And if he take, oh, I don't know where he is now. He heard me preaching about him and he's moved around. If you see me shouting... Just shout with me. It's either the Holy Ghost or the itsy bitsy spider. But you don't even you don't even need to go look in a cave for me. I'm not in the cave. You can walk by all the caves and know he's not in there. We're covered. We'll go look somewhere else for him. You know, for somebody to go hide in a in a dark place where you don't know what lurks around the corner. And you don't know what's waiting for you. And you don't know if you're going to step into a deeper pit. You can't see your hand in front of your face. You don't know if you're going to step into a, a, a den of rattlesnakes. You don't know if you're going to run into a spider. 
you don't know if you're going to, if you don't know if the, the whole cave is going to collapse on you. You're taking a greater risk by being in the cave than you are being outside of the cave. But there is a fear that can get a hold of people. A fear that tells people, I'm more afraid of what can happen to me outside the cave than I am of what can happen to me inside the cave. I'll take my chances with what I don't see and what I don't see coming. I'll take my chances with the problems inside the cave. That's a great risk you're taking. There are challenges inside your cave. There are problems inside of your cave. God doesn't want you inside that cave. Because remember, just because things have turned on a dime, just remember that God is not done with you, but he is done with that spider. As somebody said, amen. We are more than conquerors. Now I feel like preaching. He's going to put it under your feet. I said he's going to put it under your feet. Hallelujah. I feel the joy of the Lord falling. Great liberty. Hallelujah. God doesn't want you in that cave. God wants to bring you out of that cave. God's got work for you to do. Hallelujah. Israel is still in bondage. Israel still needs a revival. People are still looking for love in all the wrong places. People still don't trust God. People still don't understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. This world needs salvation. What are you doing in the cave? Come on, your family needs you. Your spouse needs you. Your friends need you. People need you. What are you doing in the cave? Hallelujah. Jezebel said, Elijah did what to our prophets? Elijah, how did he embarrass? How did he humiliate? How did he destroy our prophets? Well, that's easy. Jezebel said, I've taken out... Lots of people. She's assassinated folks. She's removed people mysteriously. Naboth wouldn't sell his vineyard. Next thing you know, they're pulling him out of the ocean with bricks wrapped around, cinder blocks wrapped around his ankle. I don't think that's quite how it happened, but she took care of Naboth. Jezebel was an evil woman. She was a wicked woman. And so when Jezebel said, I will kill Elijah, Elijah, folks, Elijah had just stared down 400 false prophets of Baal. But when Jezebel said, I know how to take care of Elijah, Elijah believed it. And he ran off into his cave. I don't know what has sent you into your cave. I don't know who has sent you into your cave. I don't know what threat from the enemy has caused you to isolate yourself. I don't know what kind of a lie the devil told you about your future. I don't know what kind of lie the devil told you about how people see you or about how people feel about you. But I've come in the name of Jesus to tell you you can conquer that cave. You can come out of that cave. You can come out of it victorious. I don't know. Come on somebody. I don't know what the devil told you about yourself or about how you are perceived or about how you look or about how you sound. But you hear what I'm preaching to you. You need to hear God speak to you so you can have a real understanding of what is true and what is right. So Elijah is stuck in the cave. He's done. Do you know that before he went to the cave, the Bible says he went to the juniper tree. He sat under the juniper tree, and this was his prayer request to God. Lord, would you mind killing me? I'm done. I'm done. I've done everything I can do. He, well, folks, he wasn't backsliding in, his, in the, way, the way he thought. He wasn't backsliding. What he was doing was saying, God, I mean, I call fire down from heaven. 
Can't I be done now? I called rain down from heaven. Can't I be done now? I've worked hard, God. I've given so much. I've given so much. And I'm tired. And I'm worn down. And I'm wore out. And so if you wouldn't mind, the next miracle I'd like to see happen is for you just to come graciously take me. Maybe he had a sense that one day God would send a chariot of fire and come and take him away. And thank God we all have a blessed hope that the Lord God of glory is going to come down and take us away. But if you've got breath in your lungs you've got a work to do for the Lord in fact ladies and gentlemen let everything that hath breath I don't know if your hands are working right or if your feet are working right I don't know I don't know how you feel right now I don't know if you're nauseous if you've got a sore throat but if you've got breath praise him if you've got breath in your lungs give him glory if you've got breath, preach his gospel. If you've got breath, come out of the cave and do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Elijah is, is gone from the juniper tree to the cave. And he says, God, I'm just, I'm just, I'm really tired. And I'm done. And I, I think you understand that. I'm not trying to backslide. I just want you to come kill me if you wouldn't mind. In your most gracious and loving and gentle way possible. Just take me and deliver me from this earth. And the Lord said, but I'm not done. You might be done, but I'm not done. I've got plans for you. Don't quit in the rough patch of your life. Don't quit in the tough season of your life. You know what I like to tell people? Never quit when you feel like quitting. Never quit when you feel like, because if you feel like quitting, you probably feel like quitting for all the wrong reasons. You feel like quitting because it's too tough. You feel like quitting because you are tired. You feel like quitting because you've embarrassed yourself. You feel like quitting because you don't want to face another day. You're, you're more afraid of living than you're afraid of dying. And so you just say, God, come and take me. But the Lord wants to speak to somebody this morning and remind you oh hallelujah of his precious promises for you of his precious promises for you of his plans for you his ways are not your ways his thoughts are not your thoughts his ways are higher than your ways his thoughts are higher than your thoughts I rebuke that suicidal tendency in you now in the name of Jesus Christ we break that chain off of you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come up out of that cave. Come up out of that cave. Come up out of that isolation. Come up out of that darkness. It is so tempting to go retire away into a lonely, isolated, dark place and try to think about how things used to be. Maybe you don't even do that anymore. Maybe that's too painful. Oh, because there were good days when the fire did fall. When the rain, hallelujah, the Lord heard your cry. And you were able to perform miracles. Maybe you remember what it was like when that dead child, his eyes began to blink. His breath came back into his body. But you know what? I don't care how many people you've raised from the dead. Or how many times you've called fire from heaven. Or how many times the Lord has heard your cry. How many times that the barrel of meal did not waste. That the cruise of oil did not fail. I don't care how many times you laid hand on your gas tank and you didn't even need to put gas in it because you didn't have money, but you did have a miracle. 
I don't care how many times you've walked in, laid hands on the sick, and seen them get up off of that bed and walk. Those miracles of yesterday will not do for you what you need done today. You need a fresh word. I said you need a fresh word from God. Elijah sat there in that cave. And while he's sitting in there in that cave. And he's moping and he's depressed. And he's worried about the future. And he thinks he's going to die. And he doesn't believe he'll ever get this through this thing alive. The Lord spoke to Elijah in the cave. And he said what are you doing here? And Elijah, notice this, his, his responses are telling. Well, Lord, problem is everybody's backslidden. And I'm the only one holy. Uh-oh. We'll go ahead and have an altar call right now in Jesus' name. Everybody, that, everybody who ever felt that way. Everybody else is doing wrong. And I'm the only one doing right. Everybody in my family is messed up. I'm the only one doing right. Everybody in the church has lost their mind. I'm the only one doing right. Everybody in my community has lost their mind. I'm the only one doing right. And God had to step in and say, hold up. Wait just a second. You don't understand what's happening. You don't know what's happening. I can right now give you names and addresses of 7,000 people. That you apparently have never shaken hands with, have never exchanged addresses with, have never friended one another on Facebook. I can give you 7,000 people. And worse yet, maybe you do know them and just they don't meet your criteria. And you're stuck in this cave. Elijah, you, you got to get out of this cave. I need you to do a work for me. Has the rain fallen? You shut the heavens up, but have you opened them up? Elijah, come on. You got to get out. You got to get out of the cave. And so Elijah, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that Elijah stays in that cave. And, and then finally, the voice of the Lord said, stand up. Go and stand at the entering end of the cave. You know, this is why we need to hear the voice of the Lord. This is why we need to hear the voice of God. Thank you for being here this morning. God bless you for being in the house of God. You know why? Because you need to hear a word from the Lord. You need God to speak to your heart. And if you'll listen real carefully, you'll hear God say, stand up. And go stand at the entering in of the cave. In other words, I want you to go back to the place where this whole thing started. You know, where that moment where you went from broad daylight into absolute darkness and absolute terror. That moment that you chose to turn from community and faith and family and God and the word of God. And you chose to isolate yourself into this place of loneliness and darkness. I want you to go back to the entering in of the cave. I want to go back to where you made those choices. And I want you to talk with God at the entering in of the cave. Go stand where it all started. You know, when we make an altar call, I know, I know, that's just tradition. That's just what we do. It's what the preacher does at the end of the service. He preaches, 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 hollers, 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 preaches, cries, preaches, shouts. And then he says, I want you to come down to the altar and pray. And then we wait until that conviction is passed. And then we leave. And then we go have something to eat. And everything is good. And we're able to come and leave just like we did when we arrived. But that's not what the altar call is about. God is saying, come stand with me at the entering in of your cave. Come stand with me where it all started. I want you to come back to the place where right before you made that decision that sent your life into a spiral. I want you to come stand at the place, that one location, right before you made that mistake that still haunts you, still condemns you, still makes you feel ashamed. Come stand and talk with me. Speak with me at the entering in of the cave. So Elijah did. And the Lord went before him. Do you know there was an earthquake? And God has spoken through earthquakes. In fact, God brought all the children of Israel out one time and said, we're going to decide right now who's the man of God, Moses or Korah. And God 
sent an earthquake, opened the earth up, swallowed Korah, shut the earth, said, Moses is your man. God knows how to use earthquakes to speak. He also spoke through fire. He appeared in a burning bush, a bush that burned but was not consumed. And the angel of the Lord spoke from the flame of fire. The, the, the angel of the Lord appeared. The voice of God spoke and said, I am the great I am. Also the whirlwind. He used the whirlwind to speak. Job, Job had been defending his own righteousness and defending himself against his accusers and his comforters. And all of a sudden, a whirlwind shows up and the Lord spoke out of the whirlwind. God can use an earthquake. God can use fire. God can use a whirlwind. But he didn't use any of them on that day. Every one of those elemental dynamics passed before Elijah and God was not in any of them. And Elijah's standing there and all of a sudden, a still, small voice. Let me tell you something. God's voice is sometimes so still and so small that if you're carnal, you won't hear it. It's so still and so small that if you're bitter, you won't hear it. It's so still and it's so small that if you're unforgiving of others, you won't hear it. That junk is, is built up in your mind and it crowds out the voice of God. But oh, God desires to speak into your cave, speak into your circumstances. You need a fresh word from the Lord because you might be done, but God's not done with you. He's got more for you to do and he's got more blessing in store for you. And don't you worry, when the time is right, He's going to send his chariots to come and get you and take you on to glory. But until that day comes, labor while it is day. Work, hallelujah, until the sun goes down. Some of you are looking for purpose right now in your life. Some of you are looking for meaning right now in your life. You, you need to tune the enemy out and listen to what the Lord would say to you. I came across a post this morning on Facebook by a young man who is from First Apostolic Church. This young man's name is Terry Ingram. How many remember? How many remember Brother Terry? That's how we affectionately know him. See, he's been gone several years. He lives in Wisconsin. I remember when Brother Terry walked into the church, came in a night of a rally. He couldn't see through his hair. It was a little floppy hair. Kind of came down, and and I went over and talked with him. And uh, great kid, heart of gold, and challenges that we had no idea he had. And with James Wilson and so many others, reached out to him and brought him in. And, just wrap their arms around him. Now here's what you have to know about Brother Terry. Brother Terry Ingram had, had lost his mother to a, a, a brutal murder. She was murdered by his stepfather who then turned the gun on himself and murdered himself. We didn't know that, but it made, it rocked northern Kentucky's, the school where he was, and the kids at the school knew that he was the boy who lost his mother to the murder and whose stepdad killed himself after murdering his mother. And Terry was connected to friends in his school and, and he saw this girl on MySpace. Anybody remember MySpace? <laughs> now you're showing your age. Now you're showing your age. And, and he, he, he saw where she posted, can't wait for the rally tonight at FAC. And he didn't even know this girl. He just knew she went to his school. And he, he, he messaged her on MySpace and said, do they allow other people to come to this rally? She said, yeah, there's a van. Sister Anna Stidham's going to be driving the van. And, uh, and she said, my friend Rachel, Sister Stidham's granddaughter, uh, arranges it and we, we go on the van to the rally. He said, could I please come? This was the boy whose mom was killed, whose stepdad killed her and turned a gun on himself. She said, absolutely. And so 
So they swung by and picked up Terry. Nobody in the van knew Terry. And Terry didn't know anybody in the van. But he gets into the van and he comes to the rally. And that's where we met Terry for the first time. Terry repented of his sins. Terry was baptized in the precious name of Jesus. Terry was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Terry's, Terry's dad was living but was unsaved and Terry made it his purpose to, to win his dad to the Lord. And I'm glad to tell you that Terry, before his dad passed away, not long thereafter, his dad was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so... Terry's still living for the Lord, working hard in Stephen Points, Wisconsin, trying to help the church up there. And he posted this this morning. Facebook asks me what is on my mind. And I'm reminded as I scroll, th scroll through my news feed that today is Mother's Day. So I guess that is what is on my mind. If you have known me a while, you know that in 2004, my mother was murdered by my stepdad, who then ended his own life minutes later. So as you can imagine, Mother's Day... And later on Father's Day, since my actual dad passed away a few, laters, few years later, can be rough. As you can imagine, growing up without a mother can rob you. And I mean capital, R-O-B, rob you of a lot of things. But what makes the difference is you don't allow those things you were robbed of to define you. Sure, some of those things are things that only a mother can pass on to you. Or life experiences only a mother can help you through, etc., but in the end, what makes the difference is you stay strong. You move forward. And most importantly, if you can find someone or a group of ladies to stand in as an adopted mother, then they will surely help you along the way of life. I have been fortunate enough to have a lot of ladies in my life that have acted like second adopted mothers to me. And although we don't talk, I still have them here on Facebook. And know that if I'm going through something, I can message or call them at any point of time. So, a shout out to the mothers of First Apostolic Church of Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> that adopted me and helped me make it through childhood. And any adopted mothers I have in my life as a whole today. You know, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you got a purpose to come out of your cave. I know you're afraid and I know that there have been threats maybe and that you feel threatened by whatever it is that has come down your path. But I want you to know in the name of Jesus that if you can hear the stillness and the smallness of his voice, he is beckoning you out of your cave so that you can help people just like the guy I'm reading about and to you who, who needs somebody to come out of their cave and wrap their arms around them and say, you can make it. You can make it, you can make it, you can make it in the name of Jesus. I wonder if somebody right now could reach up and receive the word of the Lord. Reach up and receive the word of the Lord right now. Reach up and receive the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Receive it right now. Come on, I know you've had experiences in your walk with God. I know fire has fallen. You've seen miracles. You've had great moments. But all of that seems like a distant memory. You need a fresh word. You need the still, small voice of God to speak into your spirit right now and give you a reason to face this next day. You need the voice of God. Hallelujah. And if you listen real carefully, you'll hear him. If you listen real carefully, you will hear the voice of God speaking deeply into your soul. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, right now, I want somebody to lift up their hands and lift up their voice. And I want you to say, God, I'm coming out of my cave. I want you to speak to me. I'm coming out of my cave. Hallelujah. I'm coming out of my cave in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Come on, in the name of Jesus, let's stand to our feet right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Now, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. You don't know what the person next to you is going through right now. You don't know what they're facing. You don't know what they've been going through. You don't know their challenges in life. I want you to grab somebody by the hand, or I want you to put your arm around their shoulder, whatever's most comfortable. Go ahead, in the name of Jesus. You want to know why? Because you're going to come out of this cave with them. And they're going to come out of their cave with you right now. In the name of Jesus. We're not letting one another stay in these caves. Come on, the devil loves it if we'll stay in the cave. If he can shut down our ministry, if he can shut down our song, if he can shut down our voice, if he can shut down our faith, if he can make us feel like we're worthless, like nobody cares, if he can make us feel like we have nothing to add, nothing to contribute, like we don't matter. It's a lie of the enemy and we come against it now in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke the words of Jezebel over you. Listen, the Bible calls it a spirit of Jezebel. It's a spirit of Jezebel that speaks even to this day. But we come against it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come up out of that cave. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Come up out of that cave. If God be for you, who can be against you? Come up out of that cave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that says somebody cry out to him right now. Somebody cry out to him right now. somebody to come I want somebody to come and stand at the entering end of the cave where it all started where it all started I want you to come where it all started come on in the where the pain began come on that's it where the pain began come on that's it in the name of Jesus come on that's it I want to come where the where the insecurity developed I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand where this cave began in my life where my feelings of worthlessness began where my feelings of uselessness began where my feelings of lost purpose began where my feelings of grief and hurt and pain and confusion 